Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Jerry Feta of Wealth Dynamics. Jerry helps people unconfuse their money so they don't lose it. And so they can use it to build wealth now. As founder and CEO of Wealth Dynamics, a wealth creation firm that helps clients across the US build wealth, Jerry has a passion for providing financial education for families that causes them to build wealth and navigate their economic futures with certainty. Jerry, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Seth, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, let's go back in time. I know that this isn't your first wealth creation firm. How did you get started? Yeah, that's a good question. So I was a uh, personal trainer uh, right out of high school. So I did bodybuilding, personal training. That was what I was going to do for life. And, and I started right away. And um, while I was doing that, I had a friend that got into the financial business and he basically pulled me aside one day and was like, hey, you need to check this out. Um, I hadn't been an entrepreneur yet. I didn't, I didn't do anything with business or sales. Coinciding with that, when I was at the gym, I got promoted to head personal trainer, which meant sales manager. I just didn't know it yet. And uh, <laughs> so I closed the biggest package the gym had. It was a $3,600 uh, personal training package. I thought I was going to make a ton of money. And I ultimately ended up making like 20 bucks. Oh and my goodness. That's not much of a commission. Not much at all. So I, I texted my friend and I was like, hey, I wasn't interested. Let's look at this thing again, though, because I don't think I want to stay at the gym. And I kind of realized, you know, someone at the gym would have to die or quit before I could get a better job. So he showed me the business and, and I really fell in love with it. It resounded with me. I've always been good at math and I've always liked helping people. And that really was what that, that, that presentation I had was showing was that, you know, people are struggling with money, which is math. And uh, they need help. And I, I knew that I could help them if I learned that information. Awesome. So take us through a little bit. Uh, that's the insp initial inspiration. Talk a little bit about how you, you because you achieved some amazing results. You grew that firm before you started this one. Talk a little bit about the original journey. Yeah. So the original journey at first for me uh, involved a lot of education. And it was a little bit confusing. I didn't have any business experience. I didn't go to college. Um, I think from, from probably seventh grade till maybe the age of 18, I never picked up a book. Um, you know, I, I, cause I wasn't interested in anything they gave me in high school. So by the time I got into business, I didn't have any, any formal or informal education on the topic. So there was a lot of kind of skinning my knees up, trying to get, you know, my, my business up and running. And that lasted honestly for a couple of years 
um, before I finally realized like I've got to go full bore at this thing. And I really got to understand it at the level that I understood bodybuilding. I, I couldn't, I couldn't half-ass it and I couldn't just hope that people would call me and want to sit down and visit. Absolutely. So how were you able to make that firm so successful? You know, the, the big thing for me was, um, was committing to understanding my product and understanding sales. Um, I think that was, you know, initially my biggest hesitation is I didn't want to be a salesperson because I grew up hearing bad things about salespeople all of my life. So by the time I got to the point of owning a business, it kind of was the way that I would put food on the table. And if I had disdain for it, <laughs> if I had kids, they were going to be skinny ones. Um, so basically what I ended up doing is I really dove in on sales. And I remember there was a moment back in 2015 uh, when I first started this, uh, this, this venture into sales where I was, I was commuting from Alaska to Minnesota. So I lived in Alaska. I was flying down to Minnesota. Um, I was seeing clients for Dave Ramsey and then I'd fly back up and that was every two or three weeks. And this particular trip, uh, I didn't have money when I went down. So I charged a one-way plane ticket on a credit card and a rental car, and I had no money and no credit limit left. And so I remember sitting in my hotel room, realizing that my rental car was expiring that day. And I was, I was going to run out of hotel room the next day and I hadn't closed any business and I had no money and it was February in Minnesota. So <laughs> at that point, Seth, I basically was like, all right, I need to, I need to just do this. I need to go out there. I need to close a deal. I need to get some business. I need to help a client and I need to figure out a way to get back home. And I'll never let myself be in this position again. And that was for me, the turning point of when things really begin to improve. And I think it was just the reality of if I don't do something, it can get this bad or worse. Wow. So obviously that helps you relate to clients that you, because you have experience where you have gone through some financial challenges. What led to the creation of Wealth Dynamics? Yeah, that's a great question. So Wealth Dynamics is kind of an evolution of my first, first uh, business and financial services. And really it was understanding the reality of how money works and how the economy works. So when I first became a financial advisor, you know, I, I got the licenses, I took the tests, I, I answered all the questions correctly. And it basically said, you know, Jerry, you're allowed to sell stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and it's legal under the eyes of the state and federal government. You won't get in trouble if you do it. And I said, great, this means I know everything about money. Um, I remember I sat down on my first presentation and it was a family friend at the time. I was 18, 19 years old, my best friend's dad. Um, I explained my product to him. And I thought it was going to be a layup. I was like, there's no way this guy doesn't buy. Like he's going to support me. Just, just, he's going to do something to support me. After the presentation is done, he flips my little card around, presents it back to me, uh, more simple than I did. And when he did it, it sounded like a bad idea. And, and he, when I left that meeting, he basically was like, Jerry, when you're ready to learn how money really works, I want you to come talk to me. So I didn't talk to him, needless to say, I was sore that I didn't make the sale. And if you fast forward several years, probably to 2015, 2016, um, I started to realize that there was a lot more going on in the financial world than I was you know, taught on my licensing tests. Um, you know, Present time, GameStop, all that happened yesterday, right? That was the kind of stuff I started learning was happening in the background, the amounts of manipulation and um, control that goes on in the stock markets. So I really um, followed and pulled that string and started to learn about, you know, the purpose of the stock market, what really goes on there, who's really in charge. And um, after I learned it, it was basically, you know, I, I didn't feel good selling that stuff to people anymore. And I started to look at, well, what should I sell instead and what, what really should be the right product? 
And that's where I started to formulate wealth dynamics. And it's, it's really based on, you know, true financial education, but also real assets. So we do a lot of real estate, um, gold and silver. We're all about passive income coming from assets. Uh, and we really don't do anything with the stock market any longer. All right. So you talk about how people can make money while paying off their debt at the same time. I don't want you to spill the secret <laughs> sauce, obviously, but give me an example. Just talk a little bit more about that, because obviously that sounds like a pretty attractive deal, right? Yeah. So, so that's a great one. Basically, uh, when someone has debt, there's usually two schools of thought. The first school of thought is let's pay all of it off right away as fast as we can with all of our cash. And the second school of thought is, okay, well, if it's a low interest rate, then let's string the debt out over time and let's pay as little as possible because it's quote unquote cheap money. Um, both of those end up costing the person that has debt. So, you know, going back, like, like I was telling you, I was in debt at one point when I was in debt, debt wasn't the reason I was in debt. Debt was the symptom, right? The reason I was in debt is I didn't have money. So because I didn't have money, I had to borrow someone else's. And then with debt, um, the way that it works is the bank is not really interested in the interest. They're interested in the monthly payment. The interest is just a mathematical factor that lengthens the amount of time it takes me to pay them back. So if they want more of my money for a longer period of time, they're going to throw a lot of higher interest rate in there and prolong that. So when I understood all of that, I realized, okay, well, if I pay it all off with cash, a, I'm never going to see that money again. So there's opportunity cost there. B, when I get out of debt, I'm going to be insolvent because all of my cash went towards the debt. Versus if I do the second option of let's drag it out, let's keep the interest rates low and let's, let's take advantage of the cheap money, I'm going to end up giving them a percentage of my income and interest for who, whoever, whoever, who knows how long, however many years that turns out to be. So instead, what we do is we utilize life insurance. So we take something called a whole life insurance policy we structured a particular way where you're putting almost all of the money towards cash. Um, almost none of the money goes towards insurance costs. And we basically take that money that we've got in this policy. We line the debt up balance by balance, smallest to largest. We'll borrow against that policy and use it to pay off the debt, knock it out, pay the, the policy back with what used to be the minimum payment on the debt. And we just continue going down the line until all of them are knocked out. The benefit of that, Seth, is the, the policy grows at a positive rate of about 3 to 5%. And then the interest cost when I borrow on that policy is only about 2 to 3%. And so when I'm doing this, the capital that I've put into this policy, it's still growing the entire time I'm paying off the debt while I'm using it. And so by the time I'm done, I'm out of debt. I've got all that interest saved, payments freed up, plus my cash has been growing for me the entire time. Absolutely fascinating and not necessarily advice they get from a traditional financial advisor. You also talk about um, not paying taxes and getting away with it. I'm hoping we're talking about tax avoidance and not tax evasion because I don't look good in orange, but tell us about your tax philosophy. <laughs> yes. So, so definitely tax avoidance. We don't want, we don't want a Willie Nelson scenario. Um, so basically with taxes, the, the tax code is what this all goes back to. So a lot of people, they're, they're aware of paying taxes. Uh, they're aware of the IRS. They're not aware of the internal revenue code. And that's the tax law. That's where all of our taxes come from. Um, if you take the internal revenue code and you break it down into just the tax law, not the case notes or the supporting documents, it's about 6,000 pages long. And only about 0.05% of that document has anything to do with paying taxes. 
which means the rest of it is not paying taxes. It's, it's loopholes and ways out. So when I learned that, I started trying to figure out why. And I was like, well, why, why would it be all about not paying taxes? And it went back to who wrote the document. And there's two parties that write this. There are um, businesses. So they'll pay attorneys to write you know, a, a proposed tax bill. And then they'll hire a lobbyist. And that lobbyist will go court a politician and then get that bill passed as law. They don't want to pay taxes. And so that law is going to be something that benefits them and their industry in the form of not having to pay taxes, you know, based on certain things that they're doing in their business. They wrote it. Everyone can do it, though. You know, and a, a good example would be um, on a vehicle. You know, you can do something called a Section 179 deduction. I can write off the cost of a, of a heavy vehicle for my business. I may not own a fleet business which is primarily who that's for, but I can still use that deduction to my advantage if I own a heavy SUV or a truck. Um, the second party that writes the tax code is you know, Congress and themselves. They're gonna put laws in the tax code. They're typically trying to incentivize behavior. So if they wanna see more housing, they're gonna put tax incentives on housing. Um, if they wanna see more, more oil and gas production, they're gonna put tax incentives on oil and gas. So when you understand that, <clears throat> those are the two parties that wrote it. Those are the reasons why they wrote it. And if we just play the rules of that game, taxes really kind of become an option. That is absolutely fascinating. What are some of the biggest mistakes people make with their money that you're helping them fix other than that, what we just talked about? Yeah, so I would say the biggest mistake is, is not understanding it. And that's kind of chiefly where it starts out. That one is tough because it's, it's everyone's responsibility, but it's not anyone's fault because we aren't taught that, right? So we don't go through school learning about money, finances, any of that stuff. So we kind of come out educated on other stuff, but we don't know what we're going to do with the thing that we're working for, right? So that's the biggest mistake is not understanding it. What that leads to is trading it for the wrong things, Right. So when we work, we earn a dollar. That dollar is, is currency and that currency is supposed to be exchanged for other things. And so when we exchange it for other things, hopefully we're exchanging it for something that gives us more benefit than what it costs. And if we do that enough times, we can become wealthy. Well, the lack of understanding on money causes us to exchange it for things that don't have the value, you know, whether that be a car or a vacation or, a, you know, a loan or whatever it might look like. And if we stack that up enough times, it, it causes us to be poor. Um, so those, those are really the two big ones. And I think most, most bad decisions stem from those two things. Well, your passion's obvious. What do you like best about what you do? You know, that's a good question. It's, it's something I definitely love. I think for me, it's really um, seeing the change in people's lives. You know, again, it's math, so it's very definite. There's no there's no question mark on if two plus two equals four, it, it just does. And so, um, you know, it's, it's something that works every time I do it and I can always see a definite improvement with somebody after they're done. Um, and I think that's probably it is just helping people and seeing the, the results of that help. You give advice every day. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Uh, the best advice I've ever gotten. So there's a quote that I, that I, I learned from a mentor and that quote goes, uh, earn more than you spend and always earn a lot. And that, and that was a good flip for me because I, I learned, you know, spend less than you earn, which is a similar idea worded differently, but it put the emphasis for me on penny pinching and budgeting. So he flipped it and he's like, no, no, earn more than you spend and then always earn a lot. And that for me was a game changer. Absolutely. You can't listen to that and Jerry and let's say Susie Orman at the same time. 
because they're diametrically opposed advice. One is focused on penny pitching, cost cutting, and the other one's focused on, focused on expansion, which obviously resonates with our Sharkpreneur audience. Jerry, for our folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more about you and Wealth Dynamics, where is the best place for them to go to learn more? Yeah, so you can go to my website, www.wealthdynamics.com. Uh, you can also go to jerryfeta.com if you want to get a free copy of my book, How to Create Wealth. Um, that'll give you plenty about me, but also a lot of strategies that you can just go run with right away and start seeing some results with your finances. Awesome. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Jerry Feta from Wealth Dynamics. We know your time is incredibly valuable, Jerry. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you all next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.